If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to the book of Daniel. Sort of a, what I call a classical verse of Scripture. We all know this story. Uh, it's a story that involves and engages uh, three young men that uh, they, they become named uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And uh, they, uh, if you would, uh, I've always been amazed a little bit at the story of Nebuchadnezzar because Nebuchadnezzar, when you, when you study out the context of this, Nebuchadnezzar wasn't, in one sense of speaking, he wasn't such a bad guy. But Nebuchadnezzar comes under the influence of other people. You know, sometimes there's good people come under the negative influence of others. And then because of that, then they can maybe go bad, go south on us, if you would. But in this, in this, in, that's not necessarily the message this morning. But we know the story that, that Nebuchadnezzar comes under the negative influence of, of, of people of advisors, if you would, and and uh, Nebuchadnezzar uh, he creates this this statue, if you would, to be worshipped, and 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 but these uh, these these three guys that are now named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they uh, those three guys they they refuse to f- fall down and worship this statue because it uh, it constitutes, in fact, it is idol worship. And uh, so we've heard that story probably. And we find that Nebuchadnezzar, even if you would, gives them a second chance. You know, I don't give you another chance. I don't give you opportunity to save your own lives. And then we sort of pick up, I didn't, I didn't read all of that, but we're going to pick up in verse 13. And in verse 13 we find the scripture says, Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I've set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, the banjo, the fiddle, and whatever other kind of music you can think of, if you are ready to, if you are ready to fall down and to worship the image that I made, very good. But if you do not do it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God, and you notice there that it's used in a lower case, and so Nebuchadnezzar in no way is acknowledging Jehovah. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Can I pause right here in just a moment? You know, you want to know one of the, I think one of the downfalls in Christendom in the church world today is that we spend too much time trying to defend God when He Needs no defense. Now there's nothing wrong with us standing up for our rights, okay? I'm not, I'm not insinuating that. But, but we just sung, the praise team just sung that song, Defender. He is, he is our defender. We are not necessarily his. Now certainly we do stand up 
for what is right and for what is good. But he said, we don't need to stand uh, to defend ourselves before you in this matter. For if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, that the God that we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesties, and I, I detect a bit of sarcasm there, from your majesty's hand. Verse 18, but even if he does not, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. Father, we thank you for the power of your word and the reading of the word. We ask that you open our hearts, our ears, and our minds to be receptors of your word. God, let us apply it to your heart, to our hearts, and let us apply it into our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to preach to you a a message that I've just simply used those three words from that verse of scripture. But even if... Now, we have all heard messages about God's miracle-working power. We used to sing an old song in the church. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. We've heard songs about miracles. We've read stories about miracles. I, I have to say that that more so on the missions field than here in in uh, uh, in America, which is a missions field as well. But in foreign countries, uh, I, I actually saw physical occurrences of of miracles happen. I haven't. I can't say that I've necessarily eyewitnessed those things here in America. But I saw a woman one time with a large growth on her neck. Maybe a gorder, maybe a cancer. I don't know what it was, but but I saw in in a in a meeting in a, a meeting in now in uh, the mountains of Kenya that woman be anointed and pray for her, and oil poured down that gorder or uh, that growth, whatever it was on her neck, and then uh, and then she walked away. But then you look back in service just a few hours later, and that 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 growth that large protrusion on her neck was gone. I saw that with my very own eyes. So we, we've heard of miracle working power. We've seen work miracle working power. We've heard of healing power. He's my healer. He's my provider. We've heard that. We've seen that perhaps. We've read about it. We've preached providing power. Jehovah Jireh. He's the God that provides. We've preached it. We've talked about it. We, we've encouraged people. Well, don't, don't give up. God, God's going to supply your need. According to all of His riches and glory, He's going to supply your need. He's the God that put the, the coin in the fish's mouth and, and made a way. He's the God that put the meal in the widow's barrel after she had used everything she had for the prophet. We, we've talked about that and we've, we've preached on that. There's delivering power and that brings us to the, to the circumstance that we've read from this morning. There's delivering power. We, we know the outcome of what's going to happen. We know that, that Nebuchadnezzar is going to ask his guards, if you would, to heat this furnace seven times hotter. We, we know that it's going to be so hot that when, when the, when the guards take these three boys up to the edge of the furnace to cast them in, it was probably much like a pit, that the, the heat was going to be so intense that even the guards would be consumed. And not even in that moment would the three Hebrew boys find themselves ablaze. 
We know the story that, that they will be tossed into the pit. And as they're into the pit, somebody notices that there's no longer three boys in the fire, but, but now there's a, there's a fourth image. <coughs> there's a fourth person, if you would. And it's described with a likeness as of the Son of God, which is, in, in my estimation, in, in, in biblical theology is considered none other than the pre-incarnate man of Jesus Christ that is walking with them. In the midst of the fire. We've all heard about that. We, we all understand that. We all believe that probably in this room. And then sometimes we take it for granted that, and we believe, and rightfully so, that every sickness will be healed. And every financial need is going to be met. We encourage one another with that. We don't give up hope. We hold on to Till that person leaves this world, we hold on until the debt is paid or, or whatever else may be encountered. We, we hold on to our faith for those things. We hold on to faith that, that prison doors are going to swing open. You know, I, I think about, I think about the, 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 the many accounts of, of, of the New Testament apostles being in prison and how they sat there and, and they waited on the prison doors to be swung open. And I think about how that, 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 that the man of God, Peter, he goes over and knocks on the house and they didn't even believe it was him after they had prayed the prayers. But, but we believe prison doors can be open. We believe strongholds can be broken down in our lives. We believe every broken marriage can be put back together. We pray with that hope. Every sick baby can be healed. We believe that, that, that every circumstance in the world can be fixed by God. And truly it can. Truly it can. There is nothing, as that old song says, there is nothing, there is no, not nothing that my God can't do. He can do anything. He can do all things. But as we look at the world and we look at life and we understand circumstances around us, or should I say, should we not understand circumstances around us? Around us, There are times that we've seen that, in at least in our estimation, or at least what we've prayed for, there's times that we have witnessed that God didn't heal. I just... Received word, our caught word last night that a, a friend of mine, he, he was raised in a preacher's home and he, he's, he's, he, he's just in his, by my estimation with Sarah and I were discussing it this morning, he's probably just maybe at the most in his mid forties. But he and his dad both have had this dreaded disease going around. His dad is a retired Pentecostal preacher and, and, and this boy grew up in church and he's, he served the Lord and he, he, in, especially in the realm of music all of his life and, and he's just been a joyous person, a happy person all of his life. He and his dad both are sick at the same time. His dad has survived it, but we found out last night that the son went on to meet the Lord. A lot of people's been praying for two and three weeks. Lord, heal this man. Heal, and I, I won't call his name this morning, but, but Lord, heal this man and, 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 and deliver him. Raise him up. He's been a faithful servant. He served you. And, and, and yes, we can say, we can look at that circumstance and say, well, he got the ultimate healing, but yet the family is grieved, no doubt, because of 
His passing. There's been times in some of your lives and even in my life that maybe the money didn't hit the bank when we were trusting the Lord for it too. Maybe there's, and, and, and understandably so, everything doesn't always work out like we think it should. Even if the money doesn't hit the bank, God works out other things. I know it, but sometimes, sometimes things just don't happen like we're praying for them and we're believing for them to happen. That sometimes, in spite of all of the prayers that we pray, in spite of all the faith that we've exercised, the marital issues haven't, they, they don't get resolved and, and, and divorce and separation happens in the families. We've had that happen in ours. In, 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 in spite of, in spite of all the faith that we've used, the, the situation just does not work out. The prison door remains barred and locked. If we're honest with ourselves, and you know, most of the time we're not because we 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 uh, we want to be people of great faith and unwavering faith, and and we want to be people that hold steadfast. But 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 there's sometimes, even though we won't admit it, there there's sometimes that we just feel like God didn't come through. There's sometimes in our life that, and I've stood with families in emergency rooms. I've stood with families in nursing homes. I've stood with fam- families in funeral homes. And I've heard them say things like, I just don't understand why God let this happen. I don't understand why God didn't heal my mother, my dad, or my even my baby. <clears throat> I don't understand, uh, you know, we lost our home and I just don't understand why God didn't stop it from happening. <clears throat> I've stood in those situations many times. And I'll probably stand in those situations in the future. And my, But my question today is not a popular question, if you would. Um, it's not really not often considered... But nonetheless, it's one we must, I must ask you this morning. I ask you and I ask you to, to, to examine your own life. I ask you to examine your own thinking. So what does happen when that healing doesn't occur? What happens in your, in your mind? What happens in your faith? What happens when the finances don't come in quite like You've been praying them too. What, what, what happens if the tow truck backs up and loads up that vehicle and hauls it off into the sunset? What happens, what happens, uh, what happens when your family's home falls apart? Whether it be a son or a daughter or even your own home. What, what, what happens when your husband has left you for a Another woman or your wife has left you for another man. What happens when all that doesn't come back together? What happens when those doors that have been locked and barred don't come open? Well, here's the important thing for us to understand. And this is the, this is what the, the Hebrew boys understood when they said, but even if. Because when we look at these three young men, 
we look at them and we have to see that there's three young men with a remarkable faith. We see that there's three young men that believe. They Even if you read this scripture, they said, if you put us in the fire. They said, if. They believe God could stop it before it even got that far. If you put us in the fire. If. It didn't say when. There, there was a, there, they even had faith that God could stop it. I believe that even as they were led down the corridor, if you would, to go down to where this fiery pit was at, and they saw the guards that had taken them down there being already singing their, their, that maybe the robes of their garment already burning, maybe the, the fringes of their, their garments already on fire because of the intense heat, they still trusted God. And, 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 and what they're Saying, if you would, to Nebuchadnezzar in a sarcastic title, Your Majesty, Your Majesty, listen, we, we, if, if we even get to the furnace, we're gonna trust God. If you throw us in the furnace, and, and you can write in between the lines here, they're saying, if we should burn, everything is still gonna be okay. Everything is still going to be good because our circumstance is not our, our circumstance of our love. The circumstance of our devotion for God is not based on if we get thrown or if we don't get thrown into the furnace. Our love for the Lord is not based on if we do or do not burn when we get there. Our love and our trust for God is not based on the circumstances that He will or will not lead us out of. But our love for God is just a simple, unadulterated, non-bargained love for Him, not based on any circumstance. My wife said it, I think, Wednesday night in the service. For those of you that weren't here or maybe you didn't get to see it, uh, I think it was either that or last Sunday morning. She, or, well, it could be last Sunday morning. We wasn't here, was it? But she says all the time, she says, she says, many times we love, we want the hand of God. We want what He's going to give us, but we don't desire His presence. We love the hand of God. We can love Him for what He's going to give us. But we fail to love him for whom he is. You see, these boys, they loved him. They said, but even if not, I'm still going to love him. But even if not, I'm still going to trust him. But even if not, I'm still going to serve him. You see, they said, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you've set up. You see, they said, but even if. Even if, even if none of the things that we trust God for, if none of them happens, we're going to love Him and we're going to reject the world. We're going to reject the things that you have to offer. We're going to turn away from those things that would try to indulge themselves in God's glory. You see, the essence of their declaration is this. The essence of their declaration is, we know that God is able to deliver us out of a fiery furnace. We know that He can. We know that He could send angels from heaven. And He could bear us up. We know that He could send chariots of fire. They've read the books of the prophets. He could send chariots of fire and a whirlwind through. And He could lift us out of that furnace. 
We, we know that he could kill you, Nebuchadnezzar. We know that he could, he could wipe out your guards. We, we know, we know that, that, that there could be a rain cloud from heaven that opens up over top of that furnace and just extinguish it. We know all of these things could happen, Nebuchadnezzar. We know the same God that opened up the, the, the depths of the Red Sea and allowed all of our grandfathers, all of our ancestors to walk across on dry, dry ground. We know that some measly furnace that you've had built, it's no match for our God. We know that our God is to deli- able to deliver us, O King. But even if He doesn't, even if He doesn't, understand this, Neb. We're going to trust Him. Even if He doesn't, we're, our dependence, our care is still upon Him. Even if He doesn't, and He can do whatever He chooses, He can do it, deliver us any way of His choosing. But even if He doesn't, we're still going to bless Him, and we're going to deny your worldly gods and your worldly possessions, and we are going to put our care and our dependency on Him. I want you to keep in mind that this declaration was made long before these three boys knew the outcome. Mm. You know, I think about that. I think think about Job many times. You know, we read the book of Job and we, we, we said, poor Job, he went through so much. He, you know, he lost everything he had with just in, in reality, just a few hours of time. Everything that Job have is, is, is gone. It's demolished. It's, it, it's been used up. It's been consumed. And we, and we can, oftentimes we can even criticize Job. We, you know, we criticize his wife. But she was going through it too. But, but the truth of the matter is, they didn't have a clue what was going on. They did not know that Satan had appeared in the, in the presence of God and asked to have his way with Job. They knew nothing. I don't even know that Job knew that when he left this world. He may not have ever understood and ever known the reality of what was going on in his life. But Job said, yeah, though he slayed me, he said, I'm still going to trust him. I'm still going to believe in him. I'm still going to worship him. Understand, in a similar principle, these three boys, they didn't know what the outcome was going to be. They didn't know what was going to happen in the next few minutes of time. But they said, we know one thing. We we're going to trust our Lord. But even if He does not deliver us from the furnace, even if He does not deliver us from the flames that will lick up around us, even if we perish and we burn to a crisp in that fire, but even if all of that happens, we're still going to trust Him. We're still going to love Him. We're still going to bless His name. And we are not going to bow to the elements that you put before us, Neb. Keep in mind that that declaration was made and they didn't know the outcome. You see, sometimes, sometimes you and I, we are guilty. Sometimes you and I are are very guilty of, of we don't want to praise God until we know what the outcome is going to be. 
Sometimes you and I uh, uh, tend to wait to see what happens. But I'm reminded of the scripture that, that, that actually the biblical definition of faith, if you would, that faith is the substance of hope, things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. These boys did not have any idea what would happen. But what they did know was they trusted their Lord. They trusted their God. And no matter what was going to come their way in that day, they would worship Him. They would praise Him. They would give Him glory. They would give Him honor. Because they knew, even if, even if it happened, even if they're thrown into the furnace, even if they burn in that furnace, that everything was still going to be okay. You see, they knew. They knew. They could have been, they could have been very well speaking their final words. They very well could have already eaten their last meal. They very well could have had their last drink of water. They, they could have very well been sentencing or signing their death sentence as far as they knew. But yet they, they choose, they made the choice of trusting the Lord. It was a steadfast, immovable faith, if you would. And if you would allow me to paraphrase this just a little bit, what they in essence were saying to Nebuchadnezzar was, Oh king, just in case we die in the furnace, we want you to know one thing. We won't get a chance to tell you, but let us make ourselves perfectly clear in this matter. We will never bow to your image. We will never serve your gods and we will never forsake our experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. If he don't come to our rest, pardon my English, but if he does not, if he don't come to our rescue today, we ain't given up on him because he is still our Lord. He is still our God and we will still trust him. Even if he don't show up today, we're not going to turn our backs on him now. We're not going to turn our backs on on him later, even if he don't show up, we're still going to worship him, we're going to serve him, and we're going to magnify his name. You see, many times in the in the absence in the absence of understanding, the only thing that we can do is trust God, and that's really where trust comes into play, because it's in the absence of understanding when we begin to read about. In Hebrews, in the faith chapter of Scripture, we read there, by faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. He he pleased God because of his faith. In verse 6, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and He rewards those that earnestly seek Him. And I know we could take many, many uh, directions out of that verse of Scripture, but what I want to take out of that this morning is this. Is that we have to trust God because when we use that word, that word faith has it is given in that particular passage of scripture that's found in Hebrews. It comes from a word that actually means in the old language, it actually means confidence or trust. 
We must have confidence. We must have trust. The word is P-I-S-T-I-S, pistis. And we must have confidence or trust in God in order to please Him. In order to please God, you and I must have complete trust and complete confidence in Him. That means, God, I don't necessarily like this valley that I'm going through right now in my life, but I'm going to trust you that you're going to take me through it. It means, God, I don't necessarily like this storm that I'm going in. I don't like the waves crashing over my boat. I don't like the thunder. I don't like the lightning. I don't care for the storm at all. But, Lord, I'm still trusting you to take me through it. It means that, God, I don't like the trial that I'm going through. I don't like this valley that I'm walking in. I don't like the rocks that I'm having to climb over. I don't like the uh, the assault of, of the of the animals of the and of the, the things that creep in the night. But I'm going to trust you. <coughs> I refuse to give up on you, God. I have faith and I have confidence in you. And what that brings us to, I think, is a change in our prayer life. Certainly, I believe if you're sick, keep praying for healing until there's no healing to be found. I believe if the marriage is suffering, keep praying for unity until there's no longer any unity to be found. I believe if you're in financial disaster, I believe keep praying for a financial miracle until there's none to be found. I'm not saying give up on your faith. I'm not saying give up on it at all. But there comes a point in the time, often, not every time, but often we find ourselves. Not the prayer that's prayed. Don't pray the prayer that says, God, take me out of this valley. But pray a prayer like David prayed. When David prayed and he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of of death. I'm not going to fear any evil because your rod and your staff, they will comfort me. Don't pray a prayer that says, God, can you take me out of this prison cell of sickness or this valley of financial oppression or even take us out of this fiery furnace. But pray a prayer that says, but God, if not, I'm still going to implicitly, unequivocally, absolutely, I'm going to put my trust and my confidence in you, no matter what comes, no matter what goes, no matter how hot the flames may get. God, I am going to put my trust, my hope, my faith, and my confidence in you. You see, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, essentially they were saying, we don't know what's going on in the next five minutes. But let us say one thing right now. We know that our God is able. But even if He don't do what we need for Him to do, He is still faithful. But even if he doesn't need what we think he should do, even if he doesn't do that, we will still worship him. But even if everything falls apart and the rest of the world stand backs and laughs at us, we're still going to be faithful to hold his name. Some of you in this room right now need to make a purpose in your heart. Some of you watching live this morning, you need to make a declaration in your heart right now. So you need to say, I don't know for certain what God's, how God or when He's going to heal me. In fact, I don't know that if He's going to heal me at all. But one thing I'm going to do, regardless of what He does in my physical being, I'm going to trust Him. 
Some of you need to make that declaration that I don't know how I'm going to get out of this financial mess I'm in. But one thing I do know, regardless of what comes, regardless of what vehicle I have to drive or what kind of roof I've got over my head, regardless of what happens, I'm still going to worship you, God. You need to make up your mind, purpose in your heart that I'm I'm not sure if if God's going to be in the middle and save my marriage, but I'm still going to honor Him. I'm still going to bless Him. I'm still going to worship Him. I don't know. Listen, I don't know what tomorrow may hold, but one thing you have to be sure in your heart is that you know who holds tomorrow. I don't know who what what will come, what will go, but I do know that man that holds tomorrow in the the palm of his hand. His name is Jesus and he is watching out over everything in every part of my life. And sometimes, you know, I don't don't misunderstand me. I think as Pentecostals, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes we just don't need to pray and talk to Jesus. I think sometimes we need to make an announcement to the devil. I do. I think sometimes, you know, you know, you remember, you remember Pentecostals a ways back, a ways back. Now, I, I'm not being, I don't, I don't mean to be critical anyway, but all we talk about now is love, love, and love, and gr- love, and grace, and no judgment, and, and, You know, it it has its place. Don't misunderstand me. It has its place, and I'm not saying it's wrong. But but we 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 we, everything is love. Everything is grace. Everything is mercy. But I want to tell you something. I'm 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 getting older. I realize that, and I may not know it all, but. With years, there comes a little bit of wisdom. But I want to tell you something. I, I, I still value very greatly those old saints of God that would, when you would be in trouble, that would come along and they'd say, Jesus, we plead your blood. We call the blood of Jesus right now over this life. Satan. We rebuke you. We claim the blood of Jesus over this woman's life. You get your filthy hands off of her, Satan. Because we're believing for the blood of Jesus to be... You see, we don't want to get violent anymore. But when I read the scripture, I read that the... The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violence has got to take it by force. I think sometimes we need to get down to business and we need to tell the devil, devil, I know God's able, but even if he doesn't, I'm still going to worship him. I know my God can, but and I know he will, but even if he doesn't, I'm still going to serve him. Devil, listen to me. I might die in a furnace. I might be nailed to a cross. I might be beheaded upside down. But so be it, but just understand one thing, devil. I'm going to wake up in the presence of Jesus. You might take this life, but you can't touch my soul. So just in case you don't know it, devil, I'm going to tell you one more time. I'm going to trust my Jesus even if. And we need to realize if the outcome is not exactly like we think it should be. 
and the results are not quite what we asked for. That in the midst of that circumstance, but even if my God is still God, He is still Lord. His name is Jesus. And He is worthy to be praised. And He is worthy to be worshipped. So no matter what's going on in your life right now, but even if it didn't work out like you wanted it to, but even if it's not happening like you think it should happen, but even if circumstances that just, just, it looks like that God has failed you, but even if, trust Him, worship Him, put your hope, put your faith, put your confidence in Him, because He is not failing you. He is still able to deliver you out of the furnace. Can you stand with me right now? I just want you right now, I just want you to stand and begin to praise the Lord. I want you to begin to worship Him in the midst of whatever you're going through. Right in the in the center of the mess of your life, whatever is going on, I just want you to praise Him, Lord. But even if, but even if I lose the car, but even if I lose the house, but even if my marriage fails, but even if everything crumbles around me, no matter what comes, but even if the election don't go my way, but even if, Lord, I'm going to praise You. Can you? Can we have some praise in this house right now? Can we have some worship in this house right now? Begin to praise the Lord in confidence. Lord, I'm going to praise you no matter what comes. No matter what goes. Lord, we bless you. We praise you today, Lord God. Because, Lord, even when I feel that you're far from me, Lord God, you're still Lord. Even when the prayers have not been answered like I wanted them answered, you're still God. Even when results have not proven to be the results that, that I wanted them to be, Lord, you're still God. Lord, you're still all-wise, all-knowing. Lord, there is Lord, there is no counsel as wise as you, Lord. Let everything be, Lord, be for your glory. Let everything be, Lord, be, Lord God, for, for you to be uplifted, you to be edified, Lord God. Jesus, let me be. Lord, let my life be a life of praise and worship to you. Not out of circumstances, Lord. Because circumstances are not always going to be the best. But Lord, let my worship for you to be out of a purity of my heart, Lord God. Today, Lord, I bless you and I praise you. Lord, today I magnify you because you are worthy to be praised. And I bless you today. I bless you today. I bless you today. I bless you today. Now as you're standing in this room, or perhaps you're watching by stream this morning. Say, Pastor, are you saying I should never get discouraged? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. That would be that would be, that's a ridiculous statement actually to make. I understand we all, all of us deal with human frailty. But you may be in this room this morning. And I'm not trying to paint you as a bad person or even an inferior Christian. But maybe a lot of your Christian walk to point has been around your, your faith and your hope and confidence has all been in what God can do for you and what He has done for you. And maybe you're in this room and you feel like God has failed you. 
you feel like God has failed you. Maybe someone died that was very dear to you. Or maybe maybe you lost a child that you were carrying. Ladies. Maybe you maybe you suffered financial catastrophe. We could go on and on and name things and, and those are those are just some large things that come to my mind. But but something's got something has gone on in your life and you feel like God's failed you. Right now it doesn't make you inferior. It doesn't make you a bad Christian. It doesn't make you a bad person. It just means you're dealing with some things, you're struggling with some things, and with heads bowed and eyes closed in this room right now, I want to ask you a question. If you're